How do people have a baby? What's gay? Um, how does your body work? What is a period? What is transgender? What is a condom? What is a sperm? What is poop? I can't say it. What is puberty? What would it be like to be a boy? But would a boy want to know what it's like to be a girl? What is that? What is sex? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of season two of What is Sex? Each episode, we will discuss one anonymous question we've been asked by a kid while teaching sex ed. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Izzy, and we're two of the co-founders of YES, a nonprofit that provides sex-positive, intersectional, consent-based sexuality education to people of all ages. We believe it's never too early to start having these conversations. To learn more about us, check out our website, yes2consent.org, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at yes2consent. Hi, Izzy. Hi, Rebecca. We have so much going on right now at Yes. I know. September is a big month. It's a big month. Although by the time our listeners are listening to this, I think it'll be October. So we'll have finished Mm. our big month. So I hope, listeners, that you joined us for something in September by the time you hear this. And I hope uh, people are going to buy our, our shirts that you designed. Yes. Rebecca. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> there are, beautiful. there's pleasure merch. There's verbatim merch. There are, hopefully soon will be podcast merch. Mm, I'm excited for that. Me too. I know all of our listeners are excited for podcast merch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's there are any podcasts that I listen to that I would purchase merch from. I think I Do would. No secret, if they were cool. Oh God, what? There are no podcasts I listen to. Right. Zero. I know. I was hoping you would keep that to yourself for the duration. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool. That's very cool. You're really on the outside looking in. You're really creating change from within Izzy. Thanks, Rebecca. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I really. That's so hard for me to fathom. I don't know what to tell you. What are you doing with your ears? I listen to music music. like a grandparent. So do you want to tell everyone what the question is or should I? Because it's my question. Yeah, this week is Rebecca's question. Last episode, we talked about my question from when I was little. And now we get to hear Rebecca's question. So tell us what it is. My question is, how do you know that you're gay? I mean, great question. Thank you. Have you figured it out since you were a kid? Yes, more or less. Great. I, yeah, we'll get into it. Let's dive in. So let's think about what's the question behind that question. Do you want to go first? I will. Do I want to? No, but I will. <laughs> um, the question behind the question. I mean, it's my question, and <laughs> so I have a pretty good understanding of what was behind it, which is that I was curious if I was gay. Um, Right. I, I guess I wasn't so, I wasn't thinking that I was a lesbian or any particular sexual orientation, but I knew I was attracted to men. I think I had this question in high school. I should prefer, I should say that. Um, 
like maybe I was looking at my girlfriends when I was younger and I definitely wanted to kiss them, but I thought that that was, I sort of just chalked that up to watching like a lot of teen TV where there were like scandalous uh, party kisses between girls and I don't know, it looked like fun and I was like, oh, I can do that. But in, but in high school, I feel like my attraction and my romantic feelings for women became more omnipresent and like, I became sort of like a creepy teen of like, I could not keep my eyes off of women's bodies. And I was like fantasizing about girls in my class, like sitting behind them, et cetera. And I was like also riddled with a lot of body shame and body dysmorphia. And I think that I, for a while was confused about whether or not I was really attracted to these girls or if I was just like jealous and, and was admiring their body because I was so ashamed of my own. Yeah, I was going to say something similar. My first thought of the question behind the question is, am I gay? And the question behind that question is, am I normal? Like, is it okay to be gay? Mm. So that was my series of thoughts of why a kid might be wondering, how do you know if you're gay? For me, I wasn't, I never thought of it as being abnormal, though I know that that is certainly something that someone might feel and be worried about. But Mm -hmm. Or not not that if I did like women, I was ab, quote unquote abnormal or not normal. But I think that I do relate to the idea of feeling like the way that I was attracted to these people and like sort of driven by my, it felt driven by my hormones, like in a, in a unable to look away, fixating, that part of mm. it felt abnormal to me because I never looked at boys that way. And I was sort of like becoming incapacitated and (laughs) like aroused in a way that felt typical of like a 13 year old teenage boy where I was just like, what's happening to my body? Like, I can't walk past these people. I'm having visceral reactions. And I'd never really felt that way about a boy. Though I was really attracted to boys. Mm -hmm. There was just let So that I think that was confusing to me because I knew so surely that. I was interested in boys, but I didn't have such a strong, like, response. Mm -hmm. So then when I did have that strong response towards women, I was like, maybe this is different. Maybe it's not really romantic attraction. Yeah, so that brings us right into that question of, uh, when do you remember first having this question? So (laughs) we're hearing hearing about that. Is there any, like, really early moment when it felt like the beginning of wondering about this? I think I started thinking about women romantically or considering that maybe I wasn't straight in high school, but I'm not quite sure when. Um, And I kissed a lot of girls and had fun. And like the idea was always fun. But I was never, I never had that sort of like connection between desire and physical arousal when I was kissing women. So it was very confusing of like, yes, this is fun. This is nice, but I'm not like, like my knees aren't shaking. My stomach isn't flipping. There's no sort of like pow moment. Mm. Um, so that also was confusing of like, I think that my answer to someone asking this question depending on where they're at, might be like, well, like, give it a go, you know, like try going on a date, try, try kissing someone. Like 
pursue someone you think you might be interested, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I mean, kissing just any old person for me in high school, any old girl that I thought was cute, didn't really do it, didn't really solidify anything for me and almost made me more unsure and made me feel like, okay, I have these feelings, but if I don't want to date a girl or like I'm not becoming like overtly aroused by any person, any woman that I'm kissing, am I really like, am I allowed to say that I am attracted to women? Like it felt invalidating. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I used to sort of like coyly suggest we played truth or dare so that I can kiss (laughs) my friends or like, I don't know, be like, let's get, let's get drunk. But it was really just so I could be like, do you want to kiss me later? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, high school, early high school. It's interesting how like the attraction you were feeling for women was so much stronger than the attraction you were feeling for men. But then kissing them was like less of an intense sensation. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, so just different, different. I mean, I was kissing straight women. I think that was maybe part of it. Like the other side of the kiss was not enthused, you know? So it's hard. It's hard as someone who like, derives pleasure via pleasing and reciprocal like intense romantic feeling or a physical touch to be like kissing someone who's essentially like what time is it (laughs) (laughs) and be really aroused by it yeah that makes a lot of sense right so I mean for years and years I sort of knew I wasn't straight but I was so ashamed to say it because I was like oh I've had all these experiences with women And none of them felt like the experiences I've had with men. Mm -hmm. So until I've reached that level of similarity, I'm not allowed to identify any which way. Like I have to Mm -hmm. tell people I'm interested in men or I have to be like, yeah, women are cute, but like I date men. I think especially wanting to identify as bi, there's a lot of shame. People like constantly invalidate bisexuality. So, I mean, even when I was young, it was like, sort of a pervasive narrative of particularly women who identified as bi of being like, Oh, you just want to get drunk and kiss your girlfriends at parties so that guys will think you're hot. Right. And I was getting drunk and trying to kiss girls at parties. So I was like, (laughs) why am I doing this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember those reactions to people coming out as bi, like in middle school and high school. I remember like both the, the reactions of like, well, they're just on their way to being gay. Like they're just not comfortable saying they're gay yet. And for some people that was true. And that's totally reasonable. It's like, it's fun. Like that's the funny thing. It's like all of these things, like a, they're assumptions that are not always true, but B, even if they were true, what's bad about that? Like what's wrong with someone starting with by just like being like, okay, I'm going to open up my possibilities. And then they like, as they have experiences, they might be like, Oh, you know what? I'm, mostly into this kind of person and I'm going to narrow my label some more. Like that's not a, (laughs) it's not a negative thing. No. Um, But also obviously that's not what it is for everybody. And plenty of people are bi forever. It was destructive, I think in high school, but I really fixated on any gay gossip. Like, Mm. I think, I think we all sort of did. It was like, it just felt taboo and unique, even though we were like, quote unquote, a very accepting place. It was like when you thought someone was gay or like someone had a gay experience, it was pretty hot goss. 
<laughs> and I remember in high school, like trying to downplay my excitement about learning that mm. a person was gay or a lesbian or however, or like had like a gay experience. And I was like, Oh, whatever. Like I was like outwardly trying to be like, whatever, like that's super cool. And like, we don't need to talk about it. But inwardly <laughs> I was like, tell me everything. I must know it all. <laughs> I was like, who is this? Can we talk? Yeah. So, yeah, that's funny. I was in the gay straight Alliance. So I was actually the vice president of the gay straight Alliance. Why? Um, why? Uh, you know, I think I kind of followed my friend into the gay straight Alliance. Like she, I didn't know what a GSA was before high school, but like she started going to meetings like from day one. Mm-hmm. And so I think I ended up kind of going with her a bunch of times and it just seemed like a nice, I mean, honestly, it was probably the first space I ever learned to talk about sex in. Mm. So it makes sense now knowing myself as a sexuality educator, but it was just seemed like a place that was about love and inclusivity and just like sharing openly. Mm. And at first it was like, there were times when it was kind of mostly straight kids who were like, I'm an ally. But then there were times when there were a lot of queer kids in it, especially by the end of high school, by the time I was the vice president, there were like a lot of younger queer kids. I was about to say more and more out kids every year. Yeah. Um, so it kind of was this space of like queer and non-queer young people. We, we watched queer movies together every month. We had queer movies. We had, I think we called them, I think we just called them GSA movie nights. We would go to the cafeteria at night in the freshman building and like bring snacks and all watch gay movies together. And it was like very fun. And like, why did no one tell me? Yeah, I don't know. It it actually became a pretty, like, a lot of my, like, straight friends who weren't in GSA would come just because, like, they were my friends and I'd invite them. So it was, like, a pretty, and actually, some of those straight friends are not straight anymore. <laughs> um, so I'm glad it was available. You know, I'm glad that was happening. And um, I remember our, our advisor was a, a gay science teacher, and she was the one who was like, we're watching too many gay men movies. Like, we need some lesbian movies. So she picked some. Uh, oh, my gosh. Do you remember what they were? Yeah, I, I can't remember what this movie's called. Actually, the one she picked for me was really horrifying because it was very violent. It was it was both the most sexual and most violent movie I think I've seen up up to that point. But GSA was, like, yeah, it was a very sweet community. So I'm, I'm just, all of that is to say, like, I think my relationship to the gay gossip was a little different because, like, I'd hear someone was gay be like, oh, they should come to GSA. Like, this yeah. we have this great space for people. And, like, I'm enjoying, like, bonding with everybody and, like, we like made all these posters about like accepting all kinds of love and like why you shouldn't use the F word. Um, not fuck that word's fine. Um, <laughs> I had to, I and, did go through <laughs> all the and things like that. Yeah. So, um, that was kind of a, I guess a different experience we had in high school. Yeah. You know, I, my friends were very much allies and like, some of them are gay now and mm-hmm. you know I am gay now <laughs> and <laughs> but I still think that we probably wouldn't have joined in high school for whatever reason either like we thought we were too cool or just because mm-hmm. like we weren't out or didn't know maybe that would have been a reason but I just like can't imagine I mean I was gonna say I just had a memory recently of one friend who I think I just always was inviting everyone I knew to come to meetings. I, I, it's just like, 
I don't know. I just like, you have free time? Come to GSA. That's what everybody wants to do with their free time, right? Um, so I was like inviting one friend and they said, you know, like they kept saying like, oh, not this week, not this week. And then finally they were like, Izzy, you know what? Like, I really want to go, but everyone already thinks I'm gay and I can't, I can't go. Like I can't give more people more reason to call me gay. Mm. And that person now is queer and genderqueer. And like, so it just makes me think about how in some ways probably a lot of the kids who needed it the most didn't feel able to access it because they were struggling with their own gender identity or sexual orientation and just like couldn't give, couldn't deal with that being public, like the publicness of going to a meeting, even though like it wasn't that public, Mm. like people, but yeah, I just think about that person and I'm like, I'm glad they're able to be their full self now and just feeling like it would have been nice if there was some structure to support them more than Yeah, I mean, that makes me think about my inability now to sort of find a queer community. And like, I don't know how to access one. I'm nervous about doing it. I feel still sort of like an imposter, like I'm not gay enough to be like, I want to hang out with queer people. And I think if I had had that in high school and had sort of like a foundation for being in that environment and like being around so many different types of people, I would feel probably like I belonged more places. Mm -hmm. And also like... Perhaps I would just have more queer friends now, which would be really wonderful is like what I've been looking for. Yeah. Yeah. This made me think also, um, just going back to like bisexuality, not being taken very seriously. And I think also like when I was reflecting on this question of how do you know if you're gay? I think when I was younger, I don't think I had that question because I thought like from the way it was talked about to me, I thought you just know. So I never even considered that I could be gay because I thought like gay people just are sure they're gay and like they just know it and they tell you eventually like they might hide it at first and then tell you, but like they always know. So because I didn't know, I just like never thought about it. And that made me think about a time in middle school, maybe even sixth grade. It was early middle school. Um, I was chatting on AIM with one of my best friends and she told me she was bi and I like wrote ha 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 or something. Like I didn't think she was serious. I also didn't think it was funny. Like I don't know why I put ha ha ha, but I, I, I think like she was a friend who I like really looked up to who like knew a lot more than me, but I like always kind of felt like I, like she knew more than me. So I think I was just saying ha ha ha. Cause I thought she was making a joke. I didn't understand. And I was like trying to sound cool or like I got it. But ultimately it was like a very rude response <laughs> to someone trying to tell me they were bi. Right. Like that's not nice. And she was like, no, I'm serious. And I was like, Oh, I mean, I had like, I didn't know. I didn't really know how to handle that, but it's just telling to me that like, that was my first response. I, I think I just like was so surprising to me that, my friend could just be by one day. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but it's interesting to me looking back on that. Well, that's also a good point. I think a lot of people feel that way when folks come out to them of like, Oh, now you're just this. Oh, you were that (laughs) yesterday. Yeah. 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 Like it sounds silly to me now, but yeah, it makes sense. I guess that's my 11, 12 year old self to feel that way. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. I regret that though. I apologize very late for saying ha 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 that was not the right answer and actually funnily enough I have another story about a friend coming out to me in high school when I had learned a lot more and I I reacted very lovingly I was just like thanks for telling me like how do you feel 
and like they were sharing ways it was hard with their family or in their town um and that friend has told me many like you know now it's like 10 years later that friend told me they were really angry at me for the way I reacted to them coming out because I wasn't surprised and I I, I think it was they, they've said now it was like their internalized homophobia they wanted me to be like what no you gay but I didn't do that I was just like oh that's cool and they felt really angry at me for that so that's yeah, so that's interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean that was my mom's sort of reaction of like yeah she it, <laughs> it wasn't like oh I've known that you're gay yeah but I think because I talked openly about like I don't know, maybe thinking celebrities were attractive or wanting to date women at some point. That could have been part of it. But I think part of it was also like, I remember her saying something like, yeah, you love people, Rebecca. Like, no surprise oh. there. <laughs> I was That's like, a great line. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Could you have told me before? <laughs> I also, I came out to my dad's side. I guess my brother, my dad, and my dad's mom. Um, who was in her mid nineties, RIP mm-hmm. Lila. Um, and we were at a Chinese restaurant and I think she asked me like, Rebecca, what's new? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, like finishing up my bachelor's, uh, dating a woman. <laughs> and my brother was like, hmm, what? And I was like, I'm dating a woman. Her name is, uh, whatever it was. Redacted. I won't share. <laughs> horror story um and my grandma was like what I was like grandma I'm dating a woman and she was like she sort of fell a little bit silent briefly and then she went okay (laughs) and then I think at I don't know if the conversation continued but I remember at another point her saying something like are you sure and I was like I'm sure she's a woman I'm sure I'm dating her. <laughs> and it, I sort of gathered throughout the dinner and the conversation and her comments that she was, she was not uh, angry or upset really, but she did seem very concerned mm-hmm. that like my life would be harder or that yeah. I wouldn't be able to have kids. And... I've ha- I had a other conversations with her that followed in which I had to just sort of be like, well, aren't you just happy that I'm happy? And she's, she was hip and she was, you know, she knew what the right answer was, but she was like peeling her Clementine and just sort of saying, I mean, I just, I don't, you know, she couldn't really, she didn't want to be, she, w- she didn't want to date herself, but she was, she was having trouble. <laughs> yeah. But she, yeah, she wanted to show you that she wasn't rejecting you, but she also wasn't able to show you that she was fully accepting you either. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, totally fine. I'll I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) Something else I was thinking about, um, I just, I went all the way back to, like, being really young when thinking about wondering about how do you know if you're gay so I was thinking about like the first gay people I knew and there were gay people in my life from birth because they were my parents very close friends um and I was thinking about them 
and how I was like super they seemed super normal to me it's like oh there's this couple and there's that couple this one's a man and a woman this one's a woman and a woman like whatever and I was remembering like my preschool my like hippie preschool telling me about all the different ways you can be a family and they definitely also always included same-sex parent combos so just thinking like that all seems super normal but also never wondering if I would be in a same-sex family. You know what I mean? Never, never wondered, wondered if I was gay. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I mean, I can't say I never wondered, but I don't have a memory of wondering that. Like, I don't have a memory of looking at all these different kinds of families and being like, oh, that could be me. And it's funny because I definitely wasn't attracted to men <laughs> or boys. <laughs> definitely not men, but also not boys at that point. I definitely didn't have crushes as young as most of my friends did. I was, like, pretty disinterested for a pretty long time. Like, all the way through elementary school, I didn't have a crush. Um, So definitely at, like, three, four, five, I was not having crushes, and I just, like, still assumed I'd probably marry a man, which makes me sad. It's like there was so much... (laughs) There was so much evidence of other options. Like, I knew women who were partnered to each other and ultimately like I watched them get pregnant and have children. I remember learning about in vitro fertilization at a really young age. Like I saw all these pictures and books and I still, I mean, just obviously because of the pervasiveness of compulsive heterosexuality, I never thought like maybe I'll be that. Um, and ultimately like I am primarily attracted to men, but I just like definitely didn't know that yet. So I kind of wish I had wondered more. Right. That makes me feel like, you know, when you're young and you haven't had a crush yet, you're only sort of or your most consistent um, example of what a, an adult relationship is, is are your parents typically. And like, why, if you weren't having romantic feelings or um, physical attraction to any particular gender, would you assume like you would grow up and do something differently than your parents? Yeah, I just think that since I also from that same age saw this other example of two women, you know, in a relationship, I just would hope that I, or I guess I wish that I just had felt more curiosity or openness about it rather than like marrying a man, like being a woman and marrying a man is the default. And I know that there are some people who do something else, but like, if I don't feel any gayness, I must be this other thing when I actually also didn't feel any straightness either. So I just wish that that had been more talked about of like, actually, you won't know until puberty, maybe, or maybe earlier, maybe later, like who you're attracted to. And there's no reason to think about that. now. You know, there's so much pressure to like, think about your wedding and like, being a princess and having a prince and like, I, I don't know. I know that when I was like three or four, I told my dad I wanted to marry Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, which is truly horrifying. Whoa. Um, yeah. Because I said, you know, my dad was like, he's so mean. I was like, I know. And that's why I want to marry him because I'll be nice to him and make him nice, which, you know, there's a lot to unpack there, but it's like, what the hell? Like, why, why did I feel like I had to talk about who I was going to marry? And why did I think it had to be a man? Let alone like the, literal like most misogynist man of all disney time i don't i don't think i ever thought about marriage really Mm. i definitely never fantasized about it i almost thought i mean i kind of still do but i remember viscerally feeling like marriage is so dumb Mm. if it's just gonna end and then you have to pay money for it to be over like (laughs) so silly i developed that feeling later in life yeah (laughs) from a real young age i was like down with the marital system yeah 
Yeah, I guess the last thing that I wanted to say about this question is um, it wasn't until I was a senior in college that I had a conversation with someone for the first time who suggested that attraction is somewhat of a social construct or like affected by social constructs such that like, like if we understand that race is a social construct, if we understand that gender is a social construct, then like to a certain extent, like who I'm attracted to or like the categories of gay and straight are certainly social constructs. So just, she was the first person who said like, sure, you have this like initial feeling about who you're attracted to, but like maybe is there deeper to go? Mm. And that was kind of the first time that I was like, oh, maybe like I'm primarily attracted to men partly because, uh, I mean, of just the construct of heterosexuality that has been imposed on me. And also what you were talking about before about not knowing if your attraction was like envy of like, I want your body or actual attraction. I kind of have had the opposite experience where I've like, I've, I've struggled so much with body image and with like hatred of my own body that I've had to work through that sometimes I feel some like revulsion for other women's bodies that I think is not inherent to me. And like, like I hear, I think about like dealing with another woman's naked body and I'm just kind of like, if it's too similar to mine, I don't want to deal with that. Right. Like I have enough trouble with my own naked body. So like, I just think there's a lot more to it than just like, this is who I'm attracted to. And so I've appreciated that challenge from that person. And like, yeah, just like thinking through more about how fluid it can be and just feeling really open to like, this is who I've been attracted to in the past. That does not define who I'll be attracted to in the future. Who knows? Mm. Yeah. I think that's big. That sort of leads us into how we would answer this question. So how would you answer this question for a young person? Middle school, high school, younger. Yeah, I was kind of thinking middle school or younger. Um, and my thought, my first thoughts was just to say gay is one sexual orientation of many. Um, and just like list some of them. You know, there's gay, lesbian, queer, straight or heterosexual, asexual, bisexual, pansexual. There's all these words and like you might not even know all the options. I mean, no one even knows all the options of all the sexual orientations out there. And people discover their sexual orientations by paying attention to who they're attracted to, which can mean who they like to kiss or who they like to date or who they fall in love with. And then once you notice that, you can choose from all those words which one feels good for you. It's like it's not like you have those feelings and then you are one of those things. You still get to look at those words and say, like, this one feels right. Like the same person might have the same attraction and be able to choose from gay or lesbian or queer, right, or bisexual. Um depending on what kind of feels right for you. And you might like more than one of those words, or you might like none and choose not to give yourself a label like that and just date who you want to date. Um, and the important thing is to just know that whoever you fall in love with is totally okay. That was my answer. <laughs> That's so thorough. <laughs> uh, what about you? What about me? I mean, I think I, I really love the providing the language for all the other or some of the other sexual orientations and just having um, providing kids with the understanding that like, yeah, we hear the word gay a lot, but it really is just one of many things you can be and identify as. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the importance of like 
as you said, just like you can choose to identify as whatever you'd like and like all of it's good and you don't you can be one thing one day and another thing the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's important. Yeah. It can change. It's fluid. Yeah. Right. It's it's perhaps ever changing. Um, and I think. I think depending on who I'm talking to, like if they keep asking and they really want to know, like, OK, but how do I know which I think kids often do and I do and like adult we all do. We all sort of are conditioned to want to know how to box ourselves in in some way or another. Some people aren't, but a lot of us are concerned with that. And so I, I mean, this is this is for older folks, but like sort of like I said in the beginning, like go like try going on a date or like think about like how a certain person makes you feel and like maybe try comparing your feelings, like write down your feelings or how your body feels when you're talking to certain people or when you're looking at certain things and like, you know, it might not answer your question, but it might help clarify things for you or it might help you sort of like maybe discover something about yourself. You know, journaling never hurt nobody, (laughs) but that's good advice. I think that's good for like a very young person to just like middle school age to who's maybe not dating or wanting to kiss yet or is scared or, you know, doesn't have the ability to pursue or explore to just really document, um, Mm -hmm. I think is clarifying can be. So yeah, that, yeah. That's some that's a tip or a piece of advice or a tangible thing I might I might suggest that someone does. And that makes me think of just the importance of saying it's okay if you feel no attraction right now or ever, but like you may be gay or anything else and not know it yet because everybody starts feeling desire or attraction or the um yeah, the desire to date someone, like people feel that at different ages. Some people never feel it and that's totally fine. Um, but like, it's fine to take your time also. Yeah. Yeah. I think also, and you touched on this, but just reiterating, like it might feel like you need to know, it might really feel inside you like you're anxious and you just want to figure some stuff out, but it's okay not to know. And some people never know. Mm hmm. Well, there you have it, folks. I hope you all now know if you're gay. <laughs> yeah, was that clarifying? <laughs> I'm lost. Yeah. Um, cool. Thanks, Izzy. Thanks for humoring my question. Oh, my gosh. It was a joy. <laughs> Once again, we want to remind you about our Patreon, which allows us to make this happen. It allows us to host the podcast and pay our guests. Um We're not at the point yet where we can pay ourselves, but maybe you'll be the tipping point there. So patreon.com slash yes to consent is how you can find that. It's in our description. And we want to once again thank our amazing sex ed sustainers, our patrons who are giving us $12 a month so that we can make this happen. So thank you to Susan Abraham, Alexandra Wolkoff, Molly Waggett, Katie Gifford, and Leonard. We love you guys. Thank you. This season is mixed and edited by Mike Morangello, who has donated his time. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Like and subscribe. No, like you don't like. Share and subscribe. Review. Review and subscribe. Bye. 
This podcast is hosted by me, Rebecca Klein, and Izzy Abraham Raveson, edited by Izzy Abraham Raveson, original music by Austin Alfano, artwork by Rebecca Klein and Jackie Soro, and a special thanks to the young people who asked the questions and inspired this podcast, 